In today's episode of the Slaying Your Lane Marketing Podcast, I wanted to talk about all the podcast myths. I've been podcasting for nearly four years and I've learned so much along the way. And let me tell you, there are so many myths circulating the internet trying to make podcasting seem more difficult than it actually is. And a lot of these also come from people who are selling podcast courses. Now, none of those are necessary if you listen to this podcast because I walk you through basically everything. And I also offer my services, which I'll link in the show notes down below if you want me to work one-on-one with you for an entire month. So from the start to the launch, I will work with you on podcasting. If that's not for you, then make sure you listen to this entire podcast to really understand what really goes into it and what some lies you've maybe been hearing about podcasting. The top podcasting myth has to be you need a studio space. This is so incredibly false. Almost every single podcaster, including the top podcasters, actually record podcasts from their closet. This includes the one and only Jenna Kutcher. She's been podcasting since basically the time that podcasting really became a thing. In addition to that, she's released hundreds of episodes and is the top podcaster in marketing. And the truth is, she records every single podcast either from under the blankets in a hotel room or from her closet. You do not need a studio space. What you do need is you need an area that can absorb sound. So if you have a cheaper microphone, which I recommend getting if you are just starting podcasting, whether you are thinking it's just a hobby, before you really know what you are doing with podcasting, I suggest getting a cheaper microphone. If you are getting a cheaper microphone, you're going to need something to absorb the sound. The number one thing to absorb sound is blankets and pillows and anything cushiony. So if you have curtains on your walls or your windows, make sure they are drawn. Make sure that you are in a small space, anything that has a material that can absorb sound. Ideally, you want a room that has a lot of carpeting, a lot of curtains, a lot of clothing, anything that can prevent the sound from really moving. When you have an area or an open floor plan of a house with hardwood floors and blank walls, well, the thing is that sound moves around a lot. And you probably know if you're moving around your house and you have that type of layout, everything kind of echoes. And that's the worst case scenario for when you are podcasting. So the number one myth is you do not need a studio space, but what you do need is you need a small space that absorbs the sound. Myth number two is that you need an expensive microphone. This is so incredibly false. Like I said previously, it's more about where you record than what you record on. That being said, you can record on your phone. Another microphone that I love that's in a cheaper price range is the Ice Ball by Blue. Another great ones are any of the Yetis. Those are wonderful. But you really don't need an expensive microphone. A rule of thumb is that any podcasting microphone under $150 really will work well if for your first time podcasting. Anything that's between, I would say, $150 to $500, those are all basically the same exact microphone. There's really no difference in the actual quality. 
So I would say if you're just starting out, go with anything that's under $150. If you want to upgrade, definitely go with a microphone that's over $500 if you are really willing to invest. Anything that's in the $300 range, you might as well just go with the cheaper microphone because you won't see a drastic level in the amount of quality unless you go for a microphone that's over $500. Another myth is that it's really expensive to start a podcast that is also false. Like I just said, you only really need a microphone. And if you get a microphone around $75, you're usually okay. And there's plenty of apps on your phone if you have a nicer phone that can do the exact same thing. With podcasting, it really depends on the quality. But quality also includes the information. I've listened to podcasts where the quality was from a conference or from a clip. And honestly, the audio was horrible. But the information was so good and so informative that I did not care what the quality was. I only cared about the information. So quality also includes the information and podcasts are huge in the quality. So the amount of information, entertainment, and the amount of storytelling. If you can nail those, then the quality really isn't going to matter that much. So you can definitely record it on your phone if you have a nicer phone and you can forget the microphone completely. But if you want to take it a little bit more seriously, but still try to keep it on the lower end price range of things, I would suggest getting a microphone for around $75. Another thing when you are first starting is you 100% need a pop filter. This is the most important thing. So for your P's and some of the words that you use, you really want that pop filter to filter out some of those awkward mouth sounds that you don't really want anyone to hear ever. And that's just a great way to kind of make the quality really drastically increase for your podcast because I have listened to podcasts where I didn't really care about the background noises or the quality or even the information, but the second I heard an awkward pee or a popping sound, I immediately stopped listening to that podcast completely and I highly doubt that I ever went back. So definitely get a pop filter. There's some on Amazon for only $10. Some of them are only $8. A lot of them do come with the microphones. They're just a little bit of an extra cost. I do suggest getting it all in one. You don't really need a microphone stand, and most of the microphones usually come with a little stand that you do have to talk closely to. So the cheaper the microphone, the closer you need to have your face to it. So some people do prefer the stand. However, it does come with a little tripod, and those work well if you have a table or a surface. And you can also just still hold them. It's not ideal, but it does work if you are trying to keep it in a low price range. Another huge myth is that you have to have podcast editing experience and you need amazing software. There's so many cheap softwares to use for audio, it's ridiculous. Audacity is one of my favorites. They have it for every single type of computer, whether you have an HP, a Dell, a Chromebook, anything it works on. It's great and it's free. Another thing is for the editing process, you do not need to be an expert. I sure wasn't. I just recorded random things from my dorm room and I figured it out. And I guarantee that you can too. If you do use Audacity, you only really need to know the trim, the crop, and the fade in and fade out tools. If you can understand that, 
you can edit a podcast. That's it. Learn those four things and then learn how to export a file through an mp3, which is basically just saving a file. And you know how to edit a podcast. As simple as that, it's not difficult whatsoever. I do suggest going on YouTube. There's a lot of tutorials of how to edit. It's really not that complicated and just play around with it. I also looked at a lot of the YouTube tutorials and when I started back in, what was it, 2016, 2017, there was not a lot of information out there. Now there's a lot of information out there. It is available to you and I suggest you look into it. However, I think I learned some of the best skills just by playing around with no intention of recording. I think the most difficult thing when you're, you are just starting is when you go to record this perfect podcast and all of a sudden you need to learn how to edit it immediately because you just recorded this great podcast, probably took you four or five times to sit down and actually get used to being on a microphone, which is a huge skill. You think it's so easy. It's not like a camera. It's not like Instagram stories. It must be so much easier to just talk to a wall. It is not. It is just as bad. I will say it is a little bit easier than recording a YouTube video, but it's also very difficult because you need your voice to convey the enthusiasm or your emotion or what you are feeling. Is it serious? Is it fun? Is it playful? Is it angry? Any emotion that you have, you need to convey that to your audience because sound is so important when it comes to podcasting. So try to learn how your voice works and how to use it to convey your emotions because that way you have an interesting voice and it makes your audience want to listen to you. They do not want to listen to anyone who's monotone. So focus on how your voice conveys and it will make everything easier. So if you're just starting out and learning how to edit, I would try to record your voice and record different emotions knowing that you will never publish it and also learn how to edit. Take maybe a two minute clip, maybe a five minute clip, nothing that's too time consuming and learn how to edit. And once you understand how to do that, you will be well on your way of learning how to produce a podcast episode. It does take a few hours when you're just starting out, but it gets so fast. I think now I produce a podcast episode within an hour and a half. It really does not take me that long anymore. Another podcast myth is that reviews help you rank in iTunes. This is false. It helps give you social proof, but there is no evidence that writing a podcast review or having it rated actually helps your podcast. The more episodes you have, when people subscribe, they will automatically be downloaded to their phone. This will help you rank, but not the individual ratings or reviews. The ratings and the reviews are just social proof to get more people to subscribe, which will automatically download all of the episodes available. So if you have a lot of episodes available and you have a lot of reviews, the person who sees a lot of the reviews will say, hey, a lot of people listen to this podcast, it must be good, and they'll subscribe after hearing maybe the trailer and it will automatically download all of those episodes. And as an effect of them subscribing and downloading all of those episodes, it will help your podcast rank. So ratings and reviews do not help a podcast rank. That is false. 
However, it does give it social proof and it will also help you have sponsors reach out to you because it looks like there's a lot of interest in your podcast or there is a lot of interest in your podcast. So definitely encourage people to rate and review your podcast, but this does not have any effect on how it ranks in iTunes or any other directory. So please remember that. Another podcast myth is you have to have a brand new podcast and have it rank within the first two weeks to get on new and noteworthy within iTunes. This is so incredibly false, and I bought into this once at one time too. This is false. You can get on new and noteworthy whenever you have an increase of downloads within a short time frame. A lot of the times there's a lot of press surrounding a podcast launch, and then that really pushes the traffic to the podcast, which encourages it to be put on the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. However, a podcast can be two, three, four months old and still get on the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. It does help to have a lot of downloads at once, and that's usually why people try to upload as many podcast episodes as possible before getting on iTunes. However, if there's an increase of podcast episodes all at once and then it goes down, after the podcast launch because there's not a lot of interest, it won't get on new and noteworthy because it will look like there was a lot of interest but people listened to it and then they didn't think it was good and stopped listening to it. So you really want to make sure that when you do increase your traffic, you want to be consistent with it. Consistency will allow iTunes to think that there is a gradual interest in your episodes and in your content and they will want to promote that. However, if there's an influx of traffic and then all of a sudden it looks like everyone lost interest even though they didn't just because it, they downloaded it automatically when they subscribed all at once, it's going to make it look like they lost interest and they will not want to promote that to the rest of their audience or the rest of their users. Why would they? They want people to stay on their platform platform for as long as possible and download the most episodes and get the best experience they possibly can by using iTunes or any other directory for that matter. One more myth is that SoundCloud is the equivalent of Anchor, which is the equivalent of Buzzsprout, and it really does not matter which platform you use because they are all the same directories when they are feeding into iTunes and feeding into Spotify and all the other platforms. This is so incredibly false, and I bought into this the first time I ever released a podcast a few years back. I use SoundCloud. Repeat, I use SoundCloud for my podcast. That is not a good thing. That is a very bad thing. <laughs> In podcasting, you get what you paid for, and when I used SoundCloud, when I was first starting podcasting, I was doing it for my dorm room, so obviously... I was not wanting to spend a lot of money, let alone on any podcast directory. Yes, you can get your podcast in different directories, but the way it's distributed to the different servers and to the different directories is not that great on SoundCloud. You have much more access and control over where it goes in other different directories um, or hosting sites, excuse me. So you have more control depending on your hosting site. So hosting sites include SoundCloud, Anchor, Buzzsprout, there's so many different ones, but I would say those are the three most common ones that are used. Anchor, you have a little bit more control. You can see a little bit more analytics. A lot of people like Anchor, especially when they're just getting started, because they have more control than they do on SoundCloud, and it seems like a better hosting site because you are paying for a little bit, 
but the majority of the people are doing it as a hobby. And also on Anchor, a lot of people like that, you can get paid, what is it, like $20 per 1,000 downloads or 1,000 plays, which is a very common rate. That's a rate that you see with most sponsorships. So Anchor has that as a rate and a lot of people like that because if they're just starting podcasting and don't know how to reach out to sponsors, this is kind of an easy way for them to monetize their account if they don't know how to do that already. Another one is Buzzsprout, which is my personal favorite. It's probably one of the pricier ranges, but you have complete control, not complete control, but almost a lot of, I would say a lot of control over where the directories are. There's about 20 directories you can send your podcast to, you can manage it all, and you have detailed analytics at your fingertips, and it's just really easy to use. It's not necessarily a hobbyist platform. It's definitely a platform that you will take with you for your career or monetization in the future. It also has a monetization account attached to your Buzzsprout account, which is just really easy to use. It's not monetized right away like Anchor is, but you can do a referral program through Buzzsprout. And it's not free like SoundCloud is, but if you want to make your podcast serious, I suggest Buzzsprout. So not all podcast hosting sites are made the same. They're all very different. Next up on the long list of podcasting myths is that if you have your podcast on iTunes, you are good. Like you are covered. A lot of people will listen to it and that's the main directory you should be on. This is so incredibly false and I've seen so many people fall into this trap. Now that is extremely true when it comes to the United States. The majority of users in the United States do have Apple phones and do have Apple devices. Therefore, podcasting, iPod podcasting, basically came from iTunes and came from Apple. This is great if you want the majority of your listeners to be in the United States. That's wonderful. It makes perfect sense because a lot of e-commerce is also in the United States, which means that there's a lot of brands and sponsorships in the United States. However, if you really want to increase your analytics and really blow up your podcast, you really have to go internationally. Unfortunately, things like Apple, Apple devices are not necessarily available in all parts of the world. I mean, there are countries that have completely banned Apple products just because of security issues. There are a lot of Android devices, which means you need to make sure that your podcast is also in directories like Google Play. Even Google Play isn't available everywhere, so make sure it's on directories maybe that you haven't heard of. You should check out like CastBox and make sure it's on Pandora and Spotify and all of these different platforms that you can put a podcast on. The more, the merrier. Yes, iTunes is very important when it comes to the United States podcasts, but even on a scale of just Europe, even the UK, there are so many users that use Androids and that use platforms other than iTunes and Spotify and Google Play. So even if you've never heard of a directory or it sounds weird, use it because you never know. Another great one that's really been picking up is Alexa because people are just like cleaning their houses around having Alexa play, but having Alexa as a podcast directory is awesome because it opens up another door to a demographic that maybe isn't going to listen to podcasts, but the fact that it's playing on a speaker through their Alexa, they will listen to podcasts. So the more places that you have your podcast, the better. Yes, iTunes is important, but it's 
not everything. So please remember that. Another myth is that the amount of downloads and plays you get are the amount of people that you have subscribed or the amount of listeners you have subscribed. This is false. Do not make this mistake. I've seen a lot of Instagram bios that have said on their bio that they have 2 million podcast downloads. That sounds super impressive. But when you go to their podcast, they have 200 episodes available. This means that when you do the math, that they only have 5,000 listeners on average. But because they have 200 episodes, it makes it seem like they have 1 million podcast downloads. Or did I say 2 million podcast downloads? So therefore, they have 10,000 listeners. Which isn't that much when you consider the amount of people on social media and the amount of people on Instagram. So it sounds impressive, but listeners downloads, subscribers are all very different things. So yes, it sounds impressive until you do the math and then you realize, yes, that's still impressive. It's very difficult to start a podcast and grow a podcast, but it's not as impressive as it seems because that's not 2 million individual listeners. It's 2 million plays or 2 million downloads. And if they download it, well, they could play it multiple times. You just don't know. Those are all things to think about. Another podcasting myth is that it's hard to do. It is not hard to do, I promise you. I've, I'm looking at a wall right now recording this. Yes, I do have topics. Yes, I do have information. But a lot of this is information I already know. And I'm just talking about things I know. The biggest thing with podcasting is don't talk about things you don't know about. The more you know about your subject, the easier it will be to podcast. There's no reason for you to be nervous about something that you are an expert in or know a lot about, unless you are not comfortable in front of a microphone. If you're not comfortable in front of a microphone, then practice that. But once you get used to it, there's no reason for you to be nervous if you know your subject material. I spontaneously just sat down and recorded this, and you can tell that I know my subject matter. So as long as you know your subject matter, you will be more than okay to start podcasting because it's very on your feet. You have to think very quickly and explain things in a very concise manner, especially through audio. So if you can do that, you can podcast. It's not that difficult, I promise you. I saved the best myth for last, and that is it's impossible to get big names on your podcast. That is false. I have seen so many people reach out to some of these huge names and have them on their podcast when they had little to no podcasting experience. And those people responded, yes, because you never know when they have a book coming out or a course coming out or something where they are looking for micro podcasters. So just like I've mentioned in previous podcast episodes, micro influencers are much more powerful than these mega stars because the micro influencers have their friends and family listening to it. And because they are trusting them, their friends and family are trusting them, just like Girl Scout cookies, they buy from people they know, they are much like more likely to buy a guest's course or book over someone else's. So a lot of the times these huge influencers or these huge people in whatever industry that your podcast is about will come on these smaller podcasts because it creates that connection and they know that they will have a loyal follower for life if they go on this person's podcast. So they are nourishing the smaller communities. And that's really why these huge influencers and these huge podcasters really pick up is because they're nourishing the micro community. 
community. If you want to know more about that, then please check out some previous podcast episodes and make sure you are subscribed. So a lot of people I know have just reached out to these huge authors in DMs and they've gotten a response back. If you haven't gotten a response back, try to word it differently. Maybe ask them about a product they would like to advertise on your podcast. Make it more about them and they'll have more of an incentive to come on your show. And as a result, you'll have a more searchable podcast because podcasting is a search engine. A lot of the time when people have a large name coming on their podcast, they think, oh, well, their name's searchable because they're so famous and they think that episode will automatically take off and if they do enough of that, their podcast will ultimately take off. This would be the case in, I would say, 2016, but things have really changed. So now you still need to put time into your effort and your content, the title, things that are super important and searchable. At the end of the day, it is a search engine, so utilizing that is the number one thing to make your podcast successful. My last bit of this podcast episode is that a lot of people think podcasting is very similar to social media. It is, and it can drive traffic, but it's more like a blog post, if anything. There's an answer, people are searching for it, and you provide the answer. Um, Of course, you can have things that are entertaining, storytelling, articles, gossip, vlogs, or gossip columns, but at the end of the day, as long as you're providing value and you're giving an answer to a question, you will succeed. That's really all it takes for podcasting. I hope this episode really went in and debunked a lot of misconceptions that you had about podcasting and solved some of those answers. I will be making another podcast episode about podcasting one more time, one about brand sponsorships, and then another one about starting a podcast and the actual equipment that you need to get started. So I hope this helps. Make sure you are subscribed so you know when those podcast episodes are coming out. If this was helpful, leave a review. If you have any other questions, make sure you comment that down below in the review and I will read all of them and hopefully answer them in the next podcast episode. See you in the next show.